Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey everybody, this is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market, and today's episode, it's going to be a good one here. We have a guy that asks about when should he abandon his strategy? When does a strategy no longer work? And when you realize it, what do you do? Can you have too many strategies that you're working at once? We're going to talk about that and more. Let's get to this email right away. And for this guy's redneck name, I'm going to give him Tommy Lee. Good old Florida redneck name. He writes, hey, Ryan. When should I abandon a strategy and try a new one? I feel like I am trying all sorts of different strategies to make money, but I don't know which ones are working and which ones aren't. Well, that's going to be a problem for you, buddy. He says, I just had a bummer of a trade. I caught a breakout and rode it for almost two weeks. Earnings hit, and I know you never hold through earnings, but my sell price hadn't been hit yet, so I held through the earnings report. The earnings had a great quarter and popped. Again, it didn't get to my sell price, but I was up 12% off of my entry. Then it proceeded to sell off over the next two days, and I got stopped out at a 1% gain. What's the thought on trying to exit there? My exit was 20% using Fibonacci retracements. Was I aiming too high? Stock was FTT.to. Thanks, and keep up the podcast. For those who don't know, FTT.to is a Canadian stock. It's traded off of the Toronto Exchange. And before I answer Tommy Lee's question, I'm going to tell you what I'm drinking. It's Bib and Tucker. Been wanting to try this one for a while. If nothing else, I thought the bottle looked really cool. Nice dark bottle with some engravings on it. Really, really awesome. It's aged six years. It's got 40% alcohol, 92 proof. And this is a Bib and Tucker small batch. And do I get excited about small batch? Not really. I feel like small batch is a gimmick. Yes, I know that it's with less barrels than like a normal batch, but nonetheless, I don't think it changes the flavor all that much. Really, what I get more interested in is things that really differentiate a whiskey. Like, is it cask strength? Is it single barrel? Those are the kind of things that matter to me the most. To the nose, decent smell, smooth, sweet, nothing out of the ordinary. When you taste it, mm, it's smooth to the tongue, spicy to the mouth. Would I consider it a sipper? No. Reason why? Probably a little bit too expensive to be a sipper considering you can get Buffalo Trace at a cheaper price, and it tastes even better. So while I think it's not a bad at all, I don't necessarily think the price point reflects what I would consider to be an everyday sipper, come home from work, pour me a little bit of bourbon, whiskey. No, I just don't see it that way. Overall, I think it's a good bourbon. I just don't necessarily think it stands out from the crowd. I'm going to give it a 7.7. I think it's up there with like Russell Single Barrel, Redwood, those two, I think it's decent. I don't think it's life-changing. I don't think it's anything that's an anomaly from a whole bunch of other bourbons. It's just right there in the middle of the pack, 7.7. And before we get back to Tommy Lee here, I want to remind you to check out swingtradingthestockmarket.com where you'll get all my market research each and every day, including my daily watch lists, weekly master watch list updates, and all the most intriguing stocks that I come across each and every day, including FANG updates and market updates too. Check that out, swingtradingthestockmarket.com. Now, Tommy Lee is in a bind here. He's going all over the place. It reminds me of a lot of new traders that 
they want to get their hand in everything. They're putting their hands in places they shouldn't be putting it. And really, instead of becoming a master of one strategy, they're trying to become okay or not so great at way too many. And I see that all the time. I mean, you got people out there, they're in crypto, they're in options, they're in equities, they're in futures. Heck, they're buying NFTs out there. And at the end of the day, they don't even know what the heck they got. I mean, crud, I just bought a $10,000 iSavings bond. It's given a 7.1% return. I bought it. Shoot, I feel like now I'm getting all strung out. Like, I don't know what the heck I got going on. I can't imagine people who are trading with multiple trading strategies all over the place. But nonetheless, Tommy Lee is doing that here. And you shouldn't. You should not trade, especially if you're new to trading. Don't be trading tons and tons of different strategies. And especially, don't trade other people's strategies. One of the things I try to do in the trading block is provide my ideas, but I try to make them ideas that are adaptable to other people. I don't get into position sizes because that's different for every single trader out there. I essentially want to tell you, what am I doing with my trades and how am I doing it? So that you can learn, so that you can take what I'm doing and adapt it to your own style of learning. And that's so important to adapt your trading to what you're capable of handling. And what I mean by that is take everything that Tommy Lee has learned so far about trading, the goods, the bads, the failures, what worked, what did not work. Just because he's using multiple strategies and he doesn't even know which ones are working and which ones aren't, doesn't mean that he hasn't had some successes along the way. He's had probably a lot of learning experiences too, as evident by his email. But what I would say is, okay, take everything that you've done so far, take all the trades that you've made, the good ones, the bad ones, and break it down to what has worked and what has not worked. That means what time frames have worked for you? What risk settings have you applied to every single trade and which ones have worked for you? Why did you get in? Why did you get out? Ask all these questions for you. What kind of trade type was it that worked for you the most? Which trades and what strategies did not work for you the most? What markets were you trading in that you found the most success in? And I would say this right out of the gate. If you're trading options, just get out of them all together. I know a lot of people don't agree with me on that, but there is way too many people that are blowing up account because they're over leveraging themselves using options because there's this lure with options that you can control a whole lot more shares with a smaller amount of money. Instead of just trading with a smaller amount of money, they go crazy and they trade it like it's an equity position and to where it's either you get rich or you go broke. And that's how most people trade their options. And you don't want to be that person. So in the case of Tommy Lee here, just go ahead and get out of the options. Get that out of the equation. If you're like Tommy Lee, get out of the options. But Tommy Lee's got to figure out what is working for him. Is it swing trading? Is it day trading? Where's his success coming from? On the trades that he's doing well in, what's the risk tolerance that he's taking on? If he's finding himself making panic sell decisions, with wide stop losses, he probably needs to focus on trades that offer him a tighter stop loss. If he's trading futures and he's got nothing but losses or a great majority losses, stop trading futures. There's a good chance that the most success that he's going to have to date is going to be found in trading equities because that's where the best opportunities are, yet most people don't like it because they can't get rich overnight doing it. And if they are determined to trade equities, they'll oftentimes result to trading penny stocks because there's more volatility there. But trading is not about getting rich overnight. And I hate to bust the bubble for a lot of you guys, but it's not. 
yes, we all get into the stock market with these grandiose ideas that we're going to get rich quick, that we're going to hit the next Tesla, that we're going to get in at a dollar a share on Tesla or a few bucks a share on the next Bitcoin, and we're going to ride it up to billions of dollars. But the reality is, is that the people who do that are like those who win the lottery. It just rarely happens to anybody. And you watch. I'll get an email from somebody saying, Ryan, you got it all wrong. I got into Bitcoin when it was 10 cents a coin. And if that's the case, why are you even talking to me? (laughs) you got far more important things to do, like managing your billions. So that's the first thing that Tommy Lee needs to do. Look at the strategies and not so much look at what strategy worked and what strategy did not work, but what elements from those strategies worked for him. He needs to look at his lifestyle too. If he's working a nine-to-five job as a crane operator, it may be hard to be a day trader. If he's working from home and he has a screen that can be dedicated to the stock market, maybe he can be a day trader. But I would also say, too, day trading is very, very difficult. And just because you're not holding any positions overnight doesn't mean that all the risk is out of the equation. Oftentimes with day trading, you're finding yourself trading some of the most volatile stocks that are out there because you've got to get those gains in the same exact day. So you're trading stocks with lots of volatility, lots of volume, and you're going to see a lot more seesaw day-to-day. So look at the lifestyle. Look at the time frames that you're capable of trading. It may be that even swing trading is not going to be something that's easy for you to do with your lifestyle and that you might have to do long-term investing, that your strategy and your approach would be finding more capital and allocating it to the stock market to particular trades over time and letting them grow over 10 to 20 years. So it's not all about abandoning a strategy. I've been trading the same strategies for about the last 15 years. I swing trade. I swing trade using technical analysis, using a lot of patterns like your very simple ones, like bull flag patterns and inverse head and shoulders patterns or topping patterns or basing patterns and breakouts and all sorts of candle patterns. But it's not so much the technical analysis that has worked for me, but it's the risk management because I know I'm going to have bad trades. I know I'm not going to have all winning trades. And when that happens, I need to make sure that I'm getting out for small losses. And I've prided myself in being able to do that because when you take small losses, it keeps you in the game. Remember, there's tons and tons of different ways to profit in the stock market. And there's plenty of people that will sell you their strategy. But you got to remember too, that just because it's a good strategy doesn't mean it's going to work for you. It can be a good strategy, but for the wrong trader. Your lifestyles don't match up. The time that you have to dedicate to being successful at that strategy will not line up. Your emotional disposition will not line up with the strategy that he's taking on. And that's why I think that, especially if you're a new trader, being good at one strategy, and maybe you don't have a lot of trade opportunities that result from it, but at least when you're starting off, get good at one or two patterns. Get good at one time frame. Don't overwhelm yourself with thinking that you got to trade everything because that's what you're seeing on stock twits and Twitter and everywhere else. People are telling you, you got to trade this and you got to trade that. Don't do that. Become good at one thing, one pattern, one time frame. That's the best way to start off. And Tommy Lee admits in his email, yes, you don't hold through earnings. That was a bad decision right out of the gate. But here's the other thing, though. He says, well, I, I didn't sell it because it didn't hit my sell price. Well, it doesn't have to hit your sell price. If you got earnings, you go ahead and just sell it. If I have a loss, that's clearly not at my sell price, but I'm still going to go ahead and take the loss and move on to the next trade if it's got an earnings report coming up. And you got to do the same thing. You can't hold through a freaking earnings report. That's a surefire way to lose the profits that you have or to experience some grave losses. You're lucky you got out with 1%. I don't even know anything about FTT.to, but I can tell you 
anytime you're trading earnings, it's highly unpredictable. And just because they report good earnings and just because they report good numbers doesn't mean that the stock's going to do well. I mean, look at Walmart. Did great. And then it sold off 3%. They upped their forecast, sold off. I had a friend. He told me, he's like, Ryan, I'm going to hold through earnings no matter what with POWW. What do I do? He's like, well, if you're going to do that, take something off the table, man. I didn't agree with him. I told him, I was like, hey, I wouldn't do that. But, you know, he's a close friend of mine. I know he was going to do it anyways. My brother does it too, man. My brother holds through earnings all the time. <laughs> Look, just because I preach something doesn't mean that everybody listens to me on it. And sometimes my brother wins, sometimes my brother loses. And in the case of my friend here, he went and sold 75% of his position, which I think was a good move. At least he sold 75% of his position for about a 10% profit on POWW. And then it reported earnings. Afterwards, he's like, oh, man, why did I sell it? Because the after hours, it popped up. But guess what? It sold off 5% today. Give up all those earnings from after hours and more. Sold off 5%. He's kind of feeling pretty good. He actually took that money that he had sold from before the earnings report and bought back at a lower price. So at least he was able to actually capitalize off of the selling that took place. And he's still up on the trade overall because he got in at a very low price on that dip this morning. So don't hold through earnings. I don't condone it at all. But if you're going to, definitely sell at least half the position. At least you can say, hey, I captured some gains. If the stock goes up after earnings, you're walking away with, hey, I made some beforehand. I made some after. If the stock sells off after earnings, you can say, hey, at least I had the wherewithal to get out of the trade, half of it at least, before the earnings report. Again, I will never condone holding a stock through earnings as a swing trade. It just doesn't make any sense to me because you can't predict the price movements. But I know there's a lot of people listening that are going to be doing it, and I'm just trying to find some kind of middle ground. Like, okay, if you're going to do that, just at least curb some of your exposure so that you're at least walking away with profits. And in this guy's case, he was 12% up before earnings. He sold half of it before earnings. He would have captured 12% with half of his trade position. Then he would have been taking a 1% profit on the other half of the position, but at least he's walking away with six and a half percent or so on the overall trade instead of 1%. And then he also talks about too, he says, what's the thought on trying to exit on a stock like FTT.to? He says, my exit was 20% using FIBS. Man, let me tell you, if you're using stop losses of 20%, you have to ask yourself, what is the reward that you're trying to get out of the trade? If it's just 20%, then you're going into a trade with a reward to risk ratio of one to one, which I feel like is completely unacceptable. Instead, you need to focus on more like a two to one or a three to one. So using a 20% stop loss, you're needing 40 to 60% just to justify the trade. And let me tell you, I like it when I risk 4% or 5% on a trade and I can get 10% out of it. And then it blows through my expectations. And all of a sudden I've got 20 or 30%. And now I'm sitting on six to one for what I risked based off of the reward to risk ratio. That's really what you want. So to recap, Tommy Lee, if you're listening to me, and I know you are, try to simplify your trading approach. Find what's working for you. Find out what's working for your lifestyle. Break down what's the timeframes, the risk profile, the trade types, the markets that you're trading. Avoid the options. Don't try to adapt everybody's trading strategy to your own. Try to simplify your trading to where you're good at just a one or two types of trades. And then you don't have to stay that way. But once you get good at those, you can start branching out. But don't do it in some kind of hectic way that makes you feel like you've got to get rich overnight because you don't. Don't hold through earnings. And don't expect to be able to predict earnings. 
and take some profits along the way. If you enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to subscribe. Leave me a five-star review too. Check out swingtradingthestockmarket.com. You're going to support the podcast when you sign up for that. And if you have any questions, keep sending them to me, man. I'm reading all of them. Ryan at shareplanner.com. I appreciate every one of them that I get, and I categorize them in a special folder on my Outlook. So make sure to keep sending them my way. Ryan at shareplanner.com, swingtradingthestockmarket.com. Thank you, guys, and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePointer Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to shareplanner.com slash trading block. That's www.shareplanner.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at brian at shareplanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.